Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Cal, how are you doing this morning? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great too, man. So look, um, still kind of looking at the tropics, could have at least two tropical storms, maybe hurricanes in the Gulf in uh, a few days. Uh, There's still a lot to unfold, so we don't really understand yet impact, if any, for coastal Mississippi. But as we've been doing, reminding people just have their plan. Yeah, I think the uh, big day might be tomorrow or the next day before we find out about what is 97, the ones closest to us. Yeah. And then tropical storm depression, whatever, 13 out there is the one that might be the closest to our area, according to the early predictors. So we'll see. A lot of lot's going to change, I think, in the next uh, few days. And I think as we've been just telling people, stay focused and be reminded that we have, uh, you know, we're in the peak of the hurricane season. Have your hurricane plan ready to go. Get your provisions, whatever you normally do, and um, you know, and don't wait for something to be bearing down on us to be to be ready. Nope, I'm going out to get gasoline for the generator uh, probably in the next day or two. Yeah, we checked our generator yesterday. It had a red light. It's not supposed to have a red light. <laughs> so we're we're working on that today, actually. So life it's goes probably on. Just the oil. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We'll see. So, uh, hey, we have a really special conversation today. Um, let's bring Manly on in, uh, Kyle. This is Manly Barton, Representative Manly Barton, our friend from Jackson County. I've known him for many, many years. Uh, spent time with him, spent a lot of time with him, actually, when he was in the Jackson County Board of Supervisors. Had a long career at Chevron. He's a decorated veteran. Uh, from the Vietnam War. But as most of you know, he uh, had uh, COVID-19. He had an extended stay in the hospital, including ICU. It was touch and go along the way. He's still in recovery today. This will be his first first public interview. And, And Manly, I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to have this conversation with you. And thank God that you're sitting there having this conversation with me. I can't, I can't tell you how thankful I am to see you. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, you asking me, and I and I can't think of anybody I'd, I'd uh, rather be interviewed by than uh, than you. We have been friends a long time. Well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. You know, we've 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 seen a lot together over the years. Uh, oh, yeah. You were you were as we were discussing before uh, the the conversation started. You guys had a rotation basis on the board of supervisors, <coughs> the Jackson County Board of Supervisors, and your number came up. <laughs> and so you got Katrina. You got Katrina handed to you in your lap as the chairman of the Board of Supervisors. That was a life-changing event, wasn't it? It, it was. It was um, uh, overnight. It, you know, people don't realize, you know, in, in, in uh, basically 12 hours, you know, Jackson County lost about 10,000 houses. Uh, mm-hmm. And that 10,000 families that were displaced, I mean, it was – it was a, it was really unbelievable, and um, 
you know, devastating, obviously, to the county. And uh, as, as, in fact, as we had talked earlier, it was 18-hour days for about three or four months. Yeah. And that was a tough so, time. So you're, you're no stranger <laughs> to adversity. And here we are again in, a, in a, literally a worldwide pandemic. And uh, I was saying to you before before we started the show that I remember when Kyle and I were talking in early March, uh, the tools we have to combat uh, COVID are the same as they were back then. You know, washing your hands, not touching your face, social distancing, wearing a mask, protecting the vulnerable. And I'll add, since my conversation with Senator Joel Carter, do not drop your guard for one minute. Um, I remember noting during that time that some legislators seemed to be really paying close attention to those rules and some were doing it part-time. You know, they were, they were, I would say maybe doing it most of the time, but they were dropping their guard and some were just completely ignoring the reality of, of the COVID situation. And as you know, last count I looked, well over 40 legislators ended up getting COVID, the Speaker of the House, the Lieutenant Governor, and, uh, and you end up in ICU. Um, you were actually you were actually observing those tools for the most part, but you did drop your guard, didn't you? I did, and uh, <clears throat> and and that's a lesson that that I certainly learned that uh, you 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 can't drop your guard at all. And uh, you know, I tried to um, I did wear a mask most of the time, and uh, but you know, sometimes we and I think this is just human nature. We we tend to drop our guard when we're with someone we're friends with or someone we're close to, someone we trust. And um, even, say, in the hallway going to my office, well, I would wear the mask. Once I got in my office, I'd take it off. Well, if someone came in my office, um, in some ways, according to who it was, uh, I would either put a mask on or I might not. And, uh, and sometimes they had a mask, sometimes they didn't. And so, uh, and a lot, in fact, a lot of times they would wear a mask in and take it off. You know, and so, um, but I think we all learned some real valuable lessons, and 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 I think we were, in in a sense, we were more diligent about it when I ended up catching it. When we went back for the special session, I think more people were wearing them. I wore mine probably more so. That's actually when I was photographed without it. Uh, but uh, uh, but most of the time we wore it, and uh, but here again, I think. Uh, People, as Joel indicated, you know, going to dinner, you know, sitting with friends. Here again, you're you're with your friends. You think everything's okay, so you you uh, you let your guard down just a little bit, and and uh, boom, you get it. And so uh, it's it's been it's been a tough lesson. I'll be honest with you. So look, Joel said, just just staying on this theme for a second about don't drop your guard. Joel said. He, he, you know, once he made it back from the legislative session and he did not have COVID, he was being super careful. He goes up to Jackson and some pre, you know, prep work for the, the, the current, the, the most recent session. And um, he goes to dinner with seven other people. And one of the, per, you know, eight at the table, one has COVID, <laughs> the seven other people at the table catch it. And yeah. as he pointed out, it could have been as simple as just, you know, passing an appetizer tray. Sure. And he, you know, he's had a, he has not ended up in the hospital, thank goodness, but he's had a rough time, as you saw in the conversation I had with him. But, um, but of all the people in the legislature who caught it, it's, I think it's, um, I think you probably have had the roughest time. So why don't we, let's talk through it. So from the moment you realize you're not feeling well, take us through your journey 
and uh, and then we'll discuss to some extent your recovery, which has been difficult. Yeah. So let's go well, through this. <coughs> when um, well, let me let me start with this. And in, in, I've, I've, I've been in pretty good health most of my life. I mean, I've been pretty healthy and so forth. So, um, and so as I, but, but I have had uh, bouts with, uh, with bronchitis and that type of stuff through the years. I'm, I tend to get sinus infections. They tend to drain down in my chest and then I get a bronchial infection. So I've had a lot of those through the years. <coughs> so one of my concerns was that, and I told the doctor the day that uh, I got tested, um, was that if I tested positive, I was I, re- I really was concerned that it might go to my chest because I had had bronchial issues in the past. Other than that, I've been pretty healthy. And so, um, so the session, that session ended on Wednesday night, pretty late. We stayed till almost midnight that night, best I remember. And, uh, <coughs> and that would have been uh, July the 1st, I think. So the next day, <laughs> Excuse me, Rick. Sorry. That's okay, man. It, it's uh, no problem whatsoever. People will certainly <laughs> understand that you're still in your recovering. <laughs> so, uh, so on Thursday, Wednesday, I felt fine. Thursday, I started having a little bit of a cough, a little bit of an issue there, but nothing major. <laughs> and so when I went to bed Thursday night, um, felt like a maybe a sinus infection kind of thing and uh, but when I got up Friday morning I knew things weren't right I mean I felt pretty bad and so we were still in Jackson my wife was up uh, we were at her mother's house uh, and that's actually part of the story her mother ended up catching it and and passing away and so um, about two weeks later and so anyway so uh, so I started calling around trying to <coughs> find somewhere where I could go get tested. Well, there was no place in Jackson where I could get tested on Friday. <coughs> so I called Singing River Hospital, talked to them. They said if I drove on home, they could test me that day. And so I drove straight from Jackson, straight to Pascagoula to the hospital, got tested that afternoon. That was on July the 3rd. They called me late that night and told me that I was positive. <coughs> he had given me a a dose pack uh, antibiotic, a five-day antibiotic dose pack, and I started taking that. <coughs> but once I tested positive, they asked me to come back in on Monday. <laughs> they gave me some additional antibiotics for like 10 more days. <coughs> and um, several other things, and I don't remember what all they gave me. And so that would have been the fifth or the sixth, I guess, that Monday. And then, um, so I... As the week went along, I, I, I didn't feel good, but I, for several days, I, it just felt like a bad bronchial infection kind of thing. And I had medicine, and I was taking medicine. And so I felt like I was, you know, holding my own kind of thing. But near the end of that week, it just all went south. I mean, I, I, I got real bad real quick. And so I called one of my contacts at the hospital uh, that had, that was, they were, checking on me every other day or so anyway because I was positive and so I called her and told her that I really felt bad and so they told me to come straight to the emergency room in Pascagoula they would meet me in the parking lot and bring me in the hospital don't come into the emergency room 
And so they did, uh, went in, didn't realize at that time when they put me in that wheelchair and walked me through the door, I was not going to see my wife for another, you know, two and a half weeks. Manly, let's do this. Uh, this is Representative Manly Barton. We're talking about his uh, really <coughs> difficult COVID-19 experience. When we come back from the break, <clears throat> we'll pick it up from there. When they brought you in, and essentially you went into an isolation, and right. things continued to get worse. Uh, so when we come back, we'll we'll pick it up from there with Representative Barton and and hear the rest of the story. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. 